Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I have had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID, COVID, and now in the expanded COVID period. Out of 220 podcasts to date, many of my guests have highlighted their commitment to help a variety of charitable and social impact agencies. Examples of two such organizations that have recently stood out to me include, first, the In From The Cold charity that Abir and Aya Al-Qadri from A to Z Liquidation support. They were my guests on episode 220. Second, the Brown Bagging for Calgary's Kids is just one charity that Matthew Andrade and his family business, Gentleman Rogue, are supporting. Matthew was my guest on episode 200. Take the time to consider donating to either one or both of these organizations. Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids can be found at bbck4.org and In From The Cold has a unique website, onesmallgift.ca. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Jason, is that you on the line? Hey, Alan. Yes, it's me. How are you doing? Terrific. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, good. This is. Uh, I, I hope you're ready for this. You're sitting. Are you sitting down? Because this is episode number. <laughs> this is episode number two hundred three. So we. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm totally ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting down for that. You're ready. But you know, it's interesting because I was I was just searching when where I was at this point last year. And I think I was episode 20, but I, I, to be exact, I'm just, I'm scrolling through you can, as you can appreciate, it's been a while <laughs> One, well, it's been a hundred and uh, so, so podcasts. Yeah. So this time last year I was at episode number 20. So you're, you know, we're, we're a little bit ahead of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. I mean, uh, I, I was actually looking at them today. You do several a week. Yeah. That's quite, quite a few. You come a long way for sure. Well, during, during COVID and the, like the heart, the heart of COVID, which seems like we're coming back there, but back in uh, April, May, I was four or five a day. No, I'd say four. Oh, wow. Four, four was the max because, you know, you'd get, it was really easy when it was remote and you'd just sort of like, okay, let's, let's slot in an hour. So here, here we are, Jason. It's a little calmer now, two a week, maybe one a week. So it's a little bit. Yeah. Calmer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the wave, but there's a new wave. And so I, I think I'm going to, it's going to be the, the, as COVID puts people back indoors, that bodes well for the, uh, well, I had Bode Canada on, but the guys from Bode Canada, but really it, 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 it just helps when it's remote because then people are, have more time. And I don't mean it, you know, malicious because then we can talk about what people are doing. So let's, let's focus on you, Jason. So introduce yourself. Tell us the origin of origin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My name is Jason Cabell. I'm a co-owner of Origin Energy. And what we do is we help people and businesses save money and lower their environmental footprint. So right. we're, we're, yeah, we're actually a, an electrical company that specializes in energy audits and the installation of energy efficiency measure, measures, as well as uh, sustainable projects like solar. So essentially, we recommend and install technology that helps you lower your energy consumption and save money on your utility bills. Yeah. And so let's the tech, the tech that does it just sit on top of your furnace inside your thermostat? I mean, maybe we can walk back on that one because it's, it's this is pretty cool. Because 
Yeah, well, it can be all kinds of things. I mean, we focus more on on uh, businesses, uh, but there's definitely things you can do for uh, residential homes as well. I mean, so the big thing with businesses, or the easiest thing right now, is converting the old kind of fluorescent and high-intensity discharge lighting to LED. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, right. So if you think of like high bay lighting, those big bright lights that you that flicker all the time that are in, in kind of like a bay <laughs> or a warehouse. Yeah. When you convert that to LED, it's usually a quarter of the energy consumption of the new light, right? So it's it it uh yeah, it it cuts it down to twenty five percent. But not only that, right? Um the bulb and ballast needs to be changed regularly on those kinds of things. Yeah. So with LED lighting, they last twenty years or more. So it's a really, really good return on your investment. And but, the but same concept applies to a lot of different things as well. Yeah. But hasn't yeah. LED, not just to, to, you know, to burst, not to burst your bubble, but like to be the devil's advocate, hasn't LED lighting been around for, for a long time? Well, I mean, I mean, it has in some iteration, but it really came in and became more commonplace over the last like five to eight years. But there's right. a lot of companies that haven't really uh adopted that i mean we encounter businesses all the time that uh, that haven't adopted that technology and there's still a, a huge amount of potential so do you do you have tech so this is the led lighting but do you have a tech that helps that sits on top of that because i mean something happened I, I missed part of what you had said my my phone got disconnected not disconnected but it was so g- g- to to back me up and so does it attach to the furnace do you have some tech that an app um, can help you regulate or work with this? I mean, just maybe back that up a bit for me or repeat that if you have Yeah. To. Well, so, okay. So first and foremost, yeah, we do the installations of that, but we're also trying to work on it because there's a big problem in the marketplace right now where, well, well, there's a lot of uh, a great re- return on investment that to be had by upgrading your technology. Um, th- there's still a lot of barriers to adopting. It. Okay. And but what we're trying to do is change the funding model. Uh, when it comes to adopting energy efficient technology, especially for business. So, for example, if you take a business that um, if they spend, let's say, using an actual project that we we put together, yeah, uh, $80,000 to convert all their lighting to LED, they'll save $1.2 million over the life of, their, <laughs> yeah, of, of that project. Which is, to, yeah, we talked to, you, you yeah. and I talked about, now I remember, we talked about this a little bit offline, so good, okay. So yeah, yeah. save $1.2 million. That as an accountant, exactly. or, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, but I guess it's that 80,000 is the friction point. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, there's that. Okay. So if you don't have the cash flow, if you don't have that $80,000 yeah. up front, well, you can't move towards benefiting from that. But I guess the other thing is, is that I, a lot of people aren't aware of the true potential of energy efficiency and they don't necessarily trust those numbers. Yeah. You know, they, they know that I might be trying to sell them on this because, uh, because I think it's a good deal, but you know, people don't always know that they'll really realize that potential. So right. what we want to do is create a platform that changes that funding model, right? Where what we can do is like, we can pay for that upfront and yep. instead take a percentage of your energy savings. And, uh, and then in order to pay for that going forward. So that way there's no upfront costs to the business. And we want to take that a step further and actually open that up to crowdfunders. So people like you yeah. or yourself or anyone else uh, can say, hey, I want to invest in this project because it's good for the environment or it's good for all of sure. us and help them transition to energy efficient technology. And I'll get a cut of that savings instead. So what we're doing is building a platform that the crowdfunders can put in the money. 
And then they can return up to a 17% return on their investment, Uh, which compared to, um, you know, a stock market type portfolio, which a a typical return is around 8%. It could potentially be twice as much of what, uh, what, what, you know, that return would be on in kind of typical investments. You know, when I listened to you speak about that, I'm sure that I saw, heard this, the, you know, I think the not um, Elon Musk and his, the solar panel, I think they were doing installs somewhere in the US and maybe it was Nevada and they were doing the free, like you're talking about the, the free install. And then what happened was people got, and I think the Nevada Electricity Board, which is owned by Buffett, this was a few years ago and they, they caught wind of that and they, they increased the tariff rates or something for anybody who, who, who installed, you know, these solar panels. I don't know if you've heard that that scenario but it reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about here's we'll do the free install and then we'll backload it we'll backload it later when you get savings on your electricity bill yeah exactly i don't know i'm not familiar with with that story in particular but i definitely know that in some places there has been some resistance to moving towards some more modern you know sustainable technology infrastructure unfortunately so your is your focus is origin the focus at the home front, the industrial, or both? Uh, well, more more in businesses and industrial. So, I mean, manufacturers are the yeah. ones really to, to benefit the most from what we have to offer. Um, but we will work with businesses, commercial and retail, because uh, the lighting component is big. Uh, and uh, we do do home uh, energy audits and stuff like that as well. But it's not as big of a focus for us. So, you know, you're speaking of audits and, you know, look, that just brings me, it's a scary time in my life because as a former auditor, <laughs> but, but there's a different kind of an audit. So you, what would you just run, you'd come in and, and, and run sort of like an electrical thing that says how much energy is being used or how, how is that, how would an en- a typical energy audit work? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it depends on the scope because there are kind of different levels or different degrees of energy audits that you can do. But generally speaking, what you do is you go in and assess uh, all their various building systems. Yeah. So you, you would assess uh, the lighting system as one component, run some calculations and understand the costs and then what the savings would be from that. And then you would do the same thing to other things like uh, HVAC motors, right? So you can put in more efficient motor controllers for those. They have other types of motors, let's say for, for manufacturing, we can assess right. those as well. But there's, but there's also some stuff like, um, uh, and, and, and most, you know, c- c- like uh, residential homeowners wouldn't be aware of it, but for, if you're a business, um, you also have to pay high premiums sometimes depending on how you consume electricity. That's right. That's right. The peak hours and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we can look at doing things uh, to reduce those added premiums. So you can do things like uh, solar peak shaving. Uh, We also have a partner that we're starting to work with out of Edmonton that does cogeneration peak shaving. So using natural gas because it's cheaper to supplement. Right. Uh, yeah, so we'll assess all those, um, all those different building systems and all those different things, and then we'll put it into a report and come up with recommendations. And then uh, if the, the business wants to proceed with any one of those recommendations, we'll, we'll happily help them out and, and, and go ahead and, and, and facilitate getting all that installed. Right. I think that whole thing, the solar, you know, and again, I worked in, in the Middle East with the solar you know, in the solar sector for a couple of years. And it's, you know, understanding that it's back to almost like the incentives. Companies don't necessarily have that incentive 
to install because there's that capex. Just companies or individuals. Yeah. yeah, totally. Well, and I, you know, it's weird because, like, I mean, I obviously I, I'm very supportive of government incentives and, and, and stuff like that, but I, I do feel like you know, all on its own, uh, there's kind of a lot that can be had or gained, both from like an energy efficiency, like savings perspective, as well as from an environmental perspective. I mean, more and more consumers are, you know, choosing to use businesses are that are aware of their carbon footprint. And, and it could be a marketing thing to, to understand, you, you know, if you go towards, you know, adopting more energy efficient systems and you're lowering your overall environmental footprint is there's a potential for consumers to choose you. So I think there's a lot of incentive, uh, built into it, even outside of rebates and stuff like that. And incentives offered by government. You know, it's interesting because when you talk about incentives or you talk about, to me, that sounds very logical and and, and almost a no brainer. (laughs) Why would people, but a lot of people don't take, you know, that's an illogical decision or rational decisions. As I've learned over the years, people tend to make decisions based on, you know, the emotion. So how do you convert, how do you convert from a rational thinking to a logical or emotional decision on the environment? Say this, as you said, to the point, the environmental, if I don't feel it, see it, touch it, it's not really close to me. It's happening in the ocean. There's garbage all over the ocean, big waves of it. But you know what? My yard is clean. My home is clean, right? How do you convert that? I mean, how do you change that narrative? Uh, yeah, well, I'm still, I still, I'm still learning that. I'm absolutely still learning yeah. that. I mean, we we generally lead with the numbers, right? Like we definitely lead with the numbers and try to make an argument yeah. from that perspective. But I guess that's also the other reason why you know we're looking at building that technology because then uh, if 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 they're not paying for anything up front and they're getting savings just maybe less savings because they're amortizing the cost of that up, yes. you know over over the length of the project then it almost it doesn't matter anymore right right like uh, whether they believe in the environmental impacts or, or not or whether yeah, it's just a direct they'll see you it. know whether it costs them nothing to get yeah. it i like that model i mean that literally yeah. it's it's a, it's a both people you're going almost hand in hand you've got skin you have skin in the game and they have skin in the game yeah. by by helping the environment and they're going to save costs on the road but you're going to get a return. I like, yeah. like that. That really makes sense. So, how come the investors aren't jumping all over this program? Because it sounds amazing. Or are they? Maybe they yeah, are. Yeah. Well, they are. Sorry. I- <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this is a new from new thing for me actually. So, um, I uh, I've been running Origin and kind of focusing on energy efficiency and sustainable yeah. projects uh, for a couple of years now, and, that, and that's what we've been doing, and that's why, uh, you know, I kind of lead with that as a, a core aspect of our business, but. For me, kind of going down this road and working on this technology only happened over the last few months. So I actually did the Founder Institute Accelerator uh, program in, uh, when was that? Well, it was over the summer. I think it ended uh, in Was that here in Calgary? Yeah. Well, technically, yeah, it was here in Calgary, although because of COVID, it was all done over Zoom and remotely in that way. But they definitely do have a a chapter uh, here in Calgary. Uh, and so I'm just kind of going down and starting that process right now to kind of build out our MVP. Uh, I'm assembling an advisory team right now. And, and then the next step will be to kind of raise some funding in order to build that right. out. Uh, because there's going to be some costs, not just with development, 
but especially kind of getting it going with that early funding of these projects. For sure. So talking about, okay, so now you've done the Founders Institute, but before that, and this is something that I just found out about and I looked at your profile and that's the Myers-Norris Penny Self-Employment Program. So I'm going to, I literally found out about it yesterday and I, on a, you know, just to, 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 it came across a potential podcast guest and there, and there's Jason, he's, he's on my podcast tomorrow. <laughs> so this is great. Can you tell yeah. me? Because I, I really, I'm, I'm fascinated because this sounds like it's really helping people pivot and you can share your pivot story, but maybe you can tell a little bit about Myers and Penny, the MNP program and, and go from there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the whole entrepreneurial thing has definitely been a journey for me. And, and the MNP self-improvement program is what kind of kicked it off for me, right? Um, because it, it was at that time I decided, hey, I want to kind of go out at my own and start my own thing. Yeah. I had some, you know, ideas around sustainability. So yeah, the MNP program, you know, what they did is they kind of drag you through the mud and show you all the things <laughs> that you need to know as an entrepreneur. Yeah you know, that in order to kind of prepare you to get out there in the real world. So, um, yeah, it really helped me, pro pro you know, propel my business to, to ways I probably wouldn't have been able to without their help. It, it was great because, yeah, uh, what, yeah, what they do is you do seminars on a daily basis for six weeks and then they follow you for a year. And then you have, I think, monthly meetings and then you have advisors that you have access to. And then it really helps you get set up to succeed to go forward so so, so, so you said they followed, with me, you, they followed you like you went down to meetings together or you walked down the hallway i mean but yeah. how did they follow you it's just that's curious it's interesting uh, that come not literally but they followed you in what sense yeah well so uh for about a year after the the actual seminar uh, component okay. of the program ends um, you do, uh, I believe it was monthly accountability meetings that you meet with advisors, but then you have access to, to their team of advisors yeah. to help support you with various program, problems that you might have, whether it's accounting, legal, or otherwise. And you kind of get access basically to consultants that be probably quite expensive for even, you know, big businesses, sure. <laughs> you know, essentially for free, which is a great resource for a new company, right? Now, how, having said that, does it cut off or, you know, I mean, for you, because this sounds like, how long ago was that? A couple of years ago when you were in that MMP program? Yeah, I think that was uh, just over two years ago. So has that, have you have a thread of somebody who's, and I don't mean it in a, you know, to, to knock on them, but I'm like, it sounds like you probably had a, I mean, that's a long relationship, right? If you take your psychology degree, you know, you grow attached, yeah. right? One another, you grow attached. Do they keep in contact or how is, are they anybody from that in your advisory group or that board members, things like that? Uh, you, you, well, yeah, yes, see, uh, actually, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Calgary's business community is so small. Yeah. So inevitably you end up bumping into the same people yeah. all the time. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, one of my advisors that I'm bringing on board to help me build this new funding uh, platform is someone I met in, in MMP. Yeah. So technically speaking, I think that their direct support, you know, ends at well, about you lead a year. To the, but, serendipity, I mean, course, the serendipity of the relationships because of that program yeah. has led you to some other people. Yeah. Okay. I get that. So I exactly. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. And, and, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of really it, born out of that and yeah no it's definitely affected kind of where i'm at right now but, uh and uh let's step back let's step back to the, what what led you to that because this is 
this is a, it's not like it's, this was pre COVID. I mean, you're, you're talking a couple of years ago. Was it the, the work you were doing? Maybe you want to go back to some of the work you were, I think you were psychology work with the BC. Uh, the BC yeah. Program. Yeah. 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 No, I've definitely kind of uh, arrived at what I'm doing now and more, unless of a, a, you know, a direct route than most maybe, but uh, you know, going back, I mean, I studied addictions counseling and psychology in school uh, and I worked in, homeless shelters and transition homes uh, or even psychiatric yeah. units for, for a long time, almost 15 years. And, um, you know, but as much as I was passionate about the people and the work that I did uh, for that long, you know, when you're working shift work and overnights uh, and I work primarily in the downtown East side yeah. of Vancouver, if you're familiar with it, but it's, it's a different place, right? So you're constantly dealing with crisis and even death. Uh, sure, unfortunately. Sure. So it really takes a a toll on your own mental health and it was time for a change for me so um you know i i was definitely one of those people who kind of believes in being the change that you want to see so which is i guess why i ended up working in social services in the first place um but i guess the environment and sustainability was sort of the next thing that was important to me and and i guess that's what like brought me to the mmp self-employment program and say okay i'm moving on what do I do next? I, I, you know, I'm passionate about the environment and uh, yeah. And then uh, MMP self-employment program became that stepping stone for me to kind of start over and kind of go in a new direction. Well, the reason I, I guess I brought, and I didn't read, you know, to pick on you with your background, because I think it's for me, when I, li- I think of that background, that high stress, that high, it, it's kind of like you've, you know, you've moved into self-employment because you still, you have to thrive or not thrive. But you certainly put probably it's a different kind of stress or the different stressors that you said you got thrown into. They dragged you through the mud at Myers North Penny, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you've yeah. you know you've got your own business that because you're constantly being pulled. I, I would assume, as I understand small businesses, and I even myself I had in the past, you know you're getting pulled every which way but loose. So I, I would yeah. think, and maybe you could correct me, is that your background in that that field with addiction counseling or dealing with high stress environments has probably helped you in in in, in your in your business life here the last couple of years. Uh, absolutely, it has. I mean, it, it it's it definitely helped me have uh, you know more be- better resiliency and coping mechanisms when it comes to the ups and downs and the stresses and stuff like that of running your own business. Although, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that it, like, <laughs> you know, it's always as helpful as you'd hope yeah. it would be, but it, it's definitely made a big difference. Uh, absolutely. So I go back So I go back to that. I literally, the reason I said with the emotional attachment, so the year, you know, kind of year with it, the, you know, like recently there's been a lot of, and you've probably seen it on mental health and, and even just even, I listened to a podcast, they were talking about robots being used, you know, when people can't, you know, get the, the one-on-one contact, so they, they put robots and that people get in a very short period of time an emotional attachment to a robot, you know, and then even in the study, yeah. they said at the end of it, why don't you, okay, here's a bat. Now you need to destroy that robot. And it's like people hesitated, right? This is not even, yeah. this is an inanimate object or whatever, <laughs> but because of that emotional attachment to your Roomba or whatever it is, but it literally, that's, that's incredible. So I'm just saying, you know, that after a year and a half or so with Myers North Penny, like there's bound to be a human, you know, that that connection. But so look, I mean, COVID has hit you, and you've pre-COVID, post-COVID. You're, how has COVID affected the work you guys have been doing at Origin? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's affected us usually. I mean, like right now, I mean, cash flow yeah. is challenging, right? And like with most businesses, I mean, re- revenues are down for sure. Um, and, you know, I guess I guess now that we're picking up, uh, we, we definitely do have a lot of work in the pipeline, but it takes a few months for, for those things to kind of get right. going. So it's been a little bit difficult. But I guess the biggest thing, though, is that like we're having to relearn how to do business development. Right. It's, it's a different world. I mean, the old world, you go out, you do um, networking events, you meet people, yep. Uh, yep. you know, uh, like that's changed all that. It's a new world. I mean, how the question is, how do you get in front of clients? And uh, now we have to rely more on like email and cold call. So it's harder now. Oh, so that's no, the no. It's just relearning how to do the the, the, the fundamentals of growing yeah. a business. How do you do that? You know. Well, this like, like you know like earlier when you're you're telling about the you know the, the sort of beginnings, and it reminded me of you know there was a story I heard about Zig Ziglar and how do you how do you get people to, you know the the, the emotion versus the, the rational type. It was a fire alarm. Something about fire alarms, and he was selling door to door. I don't know if this was Zig Ziglar, but some sales story. And literally, he was going around selling yeah. fire alarms. Like, I don't need it right now. And it was $15 or whatever it was, right, to buy the fire alarm. And he said, yeah. but imagine, and so this is that, this is back to the emotion side. He goes, imagine if this house was all burnt down and tomorrow you had nothing, <laughs> only for the cost of $15. And he, so, you know, that was this, he, it worked, at, you know, I think maybe it was insurance. I don't, it's either insurance, fire alarm, or both. But it's like, you know, that, that, the logic set in the, the emotional, he used the emotion. And I think, you know, how can you scare people in, into to buying or getting, you know, installing? I don't think it's going to work the same, but it is, it is that, um, yeah, because you have to rethink that. So, so maybe some of those early 60s and 70s selling pots and pans door to door, you can maybe learn from some of those guys. I'm just literally when you said that, you got to relearn cold call and email. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, totally. And we even did some of that. Like we went out in days where it was like, okay, well, cause you know, with our masks and proper PPE and respecting people's boundaries and stuff like that. That's so like, well, I, well, maybe, maybe we just need to try, you know, door knocking and see yeah. what happens. Right. Like it's just, it's new and you kind of have to start from the beginning and build it back up. Sure. <laughs> I, I, like I'm not, you know, that, that, that's a hard, it's hard and sales are hard anyway. And any, any good or, good or bad yeah. times, because you know, there's, there's always that trust, the level of trust and uh, you know, trying to get, people to make a change there's a comfort factor you know maybe you're maybe you guys with your psychology degree that's your experience you can figure out the psyche of the individual the buying individual i don't know that's uh that's it that's it well it helps i think for sure yeah but i mean like yeah there's still a lot to learn i guess it's a different application you know what i mean so it it does help i guess because i have some foundation well you know, learning to translate it in a way that I guess I wouldn't have considered before. You know, right? so I think, and I, again, you, to your point about everybody's home now, again, you, Alberta, there's two more weeks with lockdown or whatever, change again and routines. But, you know, I mean, the, the thing is that social media, and I learned this three years ago being in, in, in the Middle East, and that, that, you know, social media became a part of my life just to reach out to contact individuals. And it, it was a different different scenario, but I'm thinking for you, the home is where the heart is, right? I mean, kind of some things. And people yeah. are at home and knocking on their doors is maybe disruptive. But if you catch them on one of their programs or one of their social media outlets, I, you know, the home, you know, again, your, your target is the homeowners, right? Or, or sorry, the business owners. So, but the business owners have a home yeah. life and they're, maybe they're not yeah. watching, uh, tick, maybe they're not watching TikTok, but their kids are. 
and or the business. I don't yeah. know. There's some pretty creative com- TV commercials, but TV commercials are very expensive. And so yeah. is you know, totally. So door to door is very expensive, and I don't mean it in the cost thing. It's your time and you reaching you reaching yeah. those people. And if it's that business and they're not there, you got to reach them some other way. <laughs> yeah, you and I can bounce. We can yeah. bounce. It's whether I have my ideas would work or not. It's, I don't have ideas specific because I hadn't thought of this until you said it. But emailing, oh my gosh, and cold. I was emailing three years ago uh, in when I was in Qatar, and I tell you, nobody was nobody was nobody was accepting. I was curating hour long, spending you know looking at their website, and nobody would respond to those emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Well, look. Yeah, no, it's, it's different. So the the Founders Institute that was just that wrapped up over the summertime. This, this. Yes. Yeah. And so where did that lead? So you found. So you mentioned your founder, but you didn't say the name. You got a co-founder. Do you have a name, him or her? We can name that name that tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. My my partner is Michael Neiser. He's a master electrician and energy oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, uh, he hasn't been on with me since the beginning, but he came on uh, about a year and a half of, yeah. half ago, and we've been building things together ever since. And yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a great working relationship. Well, I guess that's helpful because he he understands the technical side. Absolutely. And do yeah. you do you've got to? I mean, I'm looking at your website. Is your website? Because I couldn't I couldn't get your website off of your LinkedIn. I couldn't find it off your LinkedIn. Oh, well, really? I got to fix that, I guess. <laughs> no, I can't say it doesn't it doesn't exist. It just it was hard for me to uh, get it off of your. So, what is your website? So, for the for those out there that can to find you, the origin. Yeah, it's originenergy.ca. Yeah, just I think on that I when I clicked on the link on your web on your so I go to your LinkedIn profile and this isn't I'm not giving you a lesson on anything I just like it just goes to your <laughs> your photo and maybe just something maybe it's my algorithm or maybe something on my side Mm-mm. but I'm so I go to Jason there's Jason and and then there's Origin Electrical right yeah but I don't find the origin oh they, wait did they, they wait well, there it is okay. So it's down below origin energy. Yeah. Don't, it just might be my, it might be something with my uh, IP address here because I'm not getting the, the yeah. I'm not finding the link to your website. And I don't, maybe you didn't create a page. Maybe you, you need to create a page on LinkedIn. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, I've always find LinkedIn, LinkedIn to be really cumbersome to use. <laughs> um, yeah, I still, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I, I've tried to set things up there and I've had a hard time. So maybe my page isn't linked or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think you have to do a separate um, page, but yeah. that's, you know, that could be, you know, that again, you're getting business, uh, businesses to connect with you is, you know, that if, you know, if you hadn't had that problem in the past, then it's probably not the issue. Probably not really. It's just me when I, because I was looking to grab your website. But uh, anyway, and do you have a, anything? Do you have a Twitter account? Are you out there tweeting or you're, Instagram, anything like that? Uh, I do. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the actual handers yeah. on hand because, unfortunately, there happens to be a company named Origin Energy in Australia that, has, <laughs> that those handles yeah. taken. So I think my most of my social media accounts are Origin Energy Efficiency, I believe. Tw- Twitter, yeah. Facebook, and Instagram. Okay. So are you tweeting? Are you posting? Are you doing letting people create awareness are you creating awareness to or drawing attention to the origin story did 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we try to keep uh, as much up uh, as possible on our uh, social media. We do regular blogs talking about uh, energy efficiency yeah. content and everything like that. Uh, so we try to keep up to date. Not, I'm, I'm not calling you out. I just was curious because it just, but if, you know, if I, <laughs> so it's energy efficiency, origin energy efficiency. That's your, your handles. I can probably find that on Twitter, LinkedIn, yeah. or uh, Twitter and, uh, and Instagram. Yeah. Facebook, I guess, as well, right? You're running. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jason, this has been great. It's been a great. It's been a great. I like that platform, though. The pay up front. Um, I think the model is is in this world. I think that you know, in particularly with COVID world and p- companies and individuals being cost conscious, I think that that platform for me because there's one that I know is really taken off. It's called Lambda School, and I don't. You know, I'm not expecting you to know Lambda School, but their model is we'll pay for your two years of computer you know, coding school, and then we'll take a cut of your down the road when you start working. So that. Yeah, that that's interesting. No, no, I did. I actually listened to that podcast of yours when you interviewed that oh. person. That's a really interesting model. And, yeah, she's uh, from Inditech. Uh, Inditech yeah, Co- it, Julie it, from Inditech College, but I mentioned that. But yeah, so they think that kind of, you know, they pay, you pay the CapEx up front and then, you know, you cover it and then they, they pay you back down the road. I think, I don't, I, I personally, it, it, it takes the investors investors need to have the will so you're let's say your west investors have to see that shared you know that they the shared vision but i personally think you you know i think you're gonna they're out there whether you do crowdfunding or you find the investors that type of investor you know i'm not i'm not here to say they they exist but if there's models out there already that's doing it i mean elon musk elon musk's company was i think it's solar city or sun city you know it's it's he's got a solar company he merged it with tesla Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. That's yeah, interesting. So, the, so what yeah. they were going to do with the Tesla cars was put solar roofs on the, on the hood, roof and hood. And yeah. That's from his yeah. solar company. Oh, okay. And his third company, yeah. I mean, there's four companies. He's got the Rocket, but there's also the Space, I think yeah. SpaceX, but there's also the, uh, the battery. He does, he does lithium batteries, some kind of massive business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but me. Yeah, well, I guess that's that nexus, like uh, that technologies that all come together to kind of, kind of accomplish what he's, he's setting out to do. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. So I think you know, for installers, I remember, and I don't know if this comes to you guys in terms of your installing these. So eighty thousand dollar install. I'm going back to your example. You know, the biggest thing on solar panels, at least in the U.S., for was the installers. The installers made fifty percent of the margin or whatever it was, and I can't remember the numbers. So I don't know what your installer, if that, because it seems to be pretty technical, right? That, so if your founder, your, your partner, Michael, is he the installer? Yeah, absolutely. He's got experience with solar. He's done his uh, certifications and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, margins, unfortunately, aren't as good as, <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned anymore. Uh, it tends to be pretty tight yeah. these days. But, uh, but you know, it, it, it's, I, mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's that technical, especially for a residential install. It's, gotten to the point with micro inverters now that um it's 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 very lego like nice. right uh it's a system that just goes yep. together and uh once you kind of have that knack um you know it, it it's fairly straightforward and it can be done quite quickly uh, a residential install typically aside from maybe the supporting electrical like the if you have to do a panel upgrade or anything like that generally can be done in the right. day 
But let's go back to because I, 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 it may have sounded like I was finishing this podcast, but I've just come up with new questions. But going back <laughs> to this, so, so let's go to the install. So the data, there's there clearly must be data, and there's a baseline where we say it's 100 megahertz or whatever it is, and you get the you know as you said, 10, 20 years. You must have data, and there's a tech that's capturing that data. How does that work, or does that uh, some part of your your model? Yeah, uh, well. With solar, uh, well, with solar, I mean, yeah, the ROI tends to be around 15 years. Uh, we don't really have uh, a system that captures ROI or anything like that. Uh, but usually, the solar providers themselves have yeah, a no, system that, that integrates with their system. But yeah. I'm talking about the actual um, origin because you mentioned you could save 1.2 million yeah. over 10, 20 years. You, yeah, yeah. So we have, yeah, our own internal systems that kind of models out those projects, yeah. and 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 yeah, and then we can kind of come up with a determination. And when we do an energy audit for for a customer, uh, then we can provide that report that that system uh, generates that shows them the model of their energy savings and stuff. But I guess that's part of what we're trying to do with that platform we're trying to build is to build out some technology that better captures consumption and the changes that happen with the upgrades. Yeah. And then we can use that for better modeling and then then also attach the funding component to it or the savings component to it. Because I just think there's so many data points that, you know, and I had on my podcast, uh, the but it's in oil and gas and he's taking data. So Babak Shafi from, from Integra, they're using data from, say, the pipeline, and and using data to predict when you need to, you know, when you need to uh, repair, do the repairs and maintenance because of the corrosive corrosivity or corrosiveness of the, you know, the oil and gas that goes down the pipe, and so they're using mm -hmm. data to tell the story, and so they're pulling. But you need you need sensors and you need to capture the data and plug that into the you know to your model. And I'm just thinking in the home or business when you're talking about energy. The more information, again, there must be data points. I mean, even TELUS, not TELUS, uh, NMAX gives you, oh, your energy efficiency compared to your neighbors, you're 20% less efficient or whatever it is. I, there's not much I can do. This house is 20 years old, but other than shut lights off or use the heating list, right? I mean, so that's the data I'm talking about. Are you capturing? Yeah. That, maybe that's something you haven't thought about. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, I, I, for sure. No, at the moment, we don't have the capacity to, to, to capture that data, but that's what we're hoping to build into to that new platform. Uh, because then there's things like, like exactly like you just said, you kind of get further down the line yeah. and you can do things like automated load balancing using AI, which Google just did a big uh, kind of pilot project on that where they went into their data centers and used an AI algorithm based on those data yeah. points to automatically load balance the systems and come up with um, an added 20, 20 or 30% savings on their energy just by automatically adjusting certain, certain system settings, which is really interesting. But uh, no, uh, definitely not at that point yet, but we're, we're, we're working on that. At the moment. There's something that there was, I literally was a, a, a funding announcement. I'll, I'll send it to you offline. What it was, it just pulls your data that you have and creates, you know, dashboards. And I think Google has some, Google has a, that there's certain, and I'm, I'm not an expert. I just know from talking and listening to people and they, you know, literally a, a very affordable solution can sit on top of the data. So the data, I'm not talking about, you know, the load balance. I'm talking about pure data. All right. So here's your warehouse and here's, here's how you're using your, your efficiency or whatever you're doing, picking up data throughout your entire 
you know, your warehouse and uh, where the machines are yeah. on the high, the high use machines. It, you, obviously some, some machines use more electricity than others or the output, you know, the, the, the megawatts or whatever the, not megawatts, that's a bit, bit too high, but you know what I mean? Like, and so pulling data from all that data points of the warehouse, but there's, there's such, I mean, yeah. from what I understand there's a very affordable solution. So taking your point, origin's got this, that's got that. We put it together and then, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I... Yeah. Well, there's some definitely some controllers where we're, we're talking with some partners uh, in order to because yeah, like you say, there are some off the shelf stuff that we can already use. So we've uh, we're talking currently with Schneider Electric that has some systems that 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 do that, and we're experimenting actually in my my business partner's basement right now. Uh, he's got it hooked up, and we're playing with that. We also have another. Um, partner uh atech engineering and they're based in yeah. toronto uh and they have an array of um uh, uh of sensors that that can do that kind of monitoring uh, as well and yeah and it's just a matter of kind of putting it together to kind of get us to where we want well rather than you recreating the, the funding wheel, aspect, right? rather yeah. than you recreating the wheel yeah. focus on what you do well electrical the electrical side yeah and bring in and here i just found it because I, li- I sat in on a, on a, a call, a, con- a conference call with a bunch of accountants, and the guy presented on what accountants can do with, with data. And so this, was, this yeah. was a company called Fivetran out of Oakland. And I'll tell you what exactly, I'm reading this oh, to okay. you from right from, it connects critical data sources in an organization, processes all data, dumps it into a warehouse. If data is new, then, oh yeah. So it says if data is new oil, then Fivetran is the pipes that gets it from, from the source to the refinery. So it's literally just bolting on what people have and figuring it out for you. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, this is a massive, you know, these, these guys are pretty big, but data management yeah. is kind of this key thing, the new driver of data. Instead of you trying to recreate and create a system, bringing, you know, spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, you just take, it's not, it's not off yeah. the shelf. It is different than the old off the shelf. Here's my accounting program. This thing is, this will, yeah. you know, it's, it's five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month and you get the updates, you get the everything. It's not like the big packs. Yeah. This, this is the stuff I'm learning from some experts are listening out there. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Just pulling the data with what you have and getting a dashboard that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's really interesting. No, for sure. We're trying to leverage as much as we can that already yeah. exists. Uh, and, and, and as you mentioned that, that's sort of a stepping stone for us is um, is creating just an energy monitoring dashboard based on some of these controls that I mentioned, right? It gets us, uh, you know, in the businesses, trialing, collecting data, and then we can use that data to start kind of making some decisions about the other components that we want to get to, well, especially when it comes to the funding side. Of it. Yeah, because so, if you put it together, yeah, if you're pulling uh, from existing resources that are free, or virtually free, yeah. you create something. Literally, I had a, a couple of kids on my podcast. There's like, and I, I, I got lost with some of the things they were talking about. They're saying, well, the front end, back end, <laughs> and they're coders. They're actual coders, but yeah. they're just pulling from you know the APIs and the API meaning you know your bank talks to your bank, your NMAX, and then you pay your bill. That's the APIs talking on a, on that level. But these guys are coding and they're doing front end, back end. But your data, your front, your, your where your data is going in that dashboard, I think you can create probably something. There's a company called Tableau. Uh, Google's got some. Google's got some yeah. free stuff as well. And I know people are worried about Google and the data information. But you know what? You can you can switch and switch it out later if you, if you have, when you have more money, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. Yeah, well, even Microsoft, yeah, Power BI yeah. and a lot yeah. of analytics uh, tools that we could take advantage of for sure. I, you know, it's figuring that out. I don't mean, and I'm not saying this isn't, you know, to be flippant about it. I think there's there's obviously work that has to be done, but why in terms of, you know, that's just physical work, your time spending where you, you focus your attention and how you, you know, and, and you know your, you know what you guys want to do. Right, you have a vision of you said MVP. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses the word MVP if they haven't learned what a you know minimal viable. It's not the most valuable player, most valuable player. That's the minimal viable product. How are you going to get that? Right? What are the yeah. minimum steps that you got to yeah. get to there, and the, at least cost? Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Interesting. Well, Jason, this is really sorry for you know in, injecting that into it, but I I get excited because it's you're 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 at that point. Oh no, for sure. You're at that point where you've pivoted. <laughs> And you've cre- you've gone to some real top, you know. I'm, I'm, I learned about the, the Myers Norris Penny Program, Founders Institute. I mean, those are really serious you know, decisions. And you and your partner, uh, you're on that on the cusp of something I think is really fundamental and I, in terms of your platform. That pay pay up front, and, and customers get you take a cut of their their savings. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting journey, and uh, we're going to keep keep on trekking, no matter no matter the economic conditions. <laughs> really believe in i think it's really important so well any last words then jason if you want to leave it with the 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 listeners out there uh yeah no nothing particular i mean yeah thanks so much for having me i really appreciate the opportunity uh always appreciate feedback i mean i'm always learning and there's always more to know so thanks so much i'll send you offline i'll send you that five trend just as a as i'll send you that um the funny announcement it's nothing I, I didn't do anything with it other than to send it to the fellow who did the presentation because he works, he's in, he's in Toronto yeah. and maybe I'll connect you with him because he works with some pretty big Yeah, companies. that'd be awesome. But I'll, it's Stefan, I can't remember his last name, but literally he presented and I was like, I, and, I, and then the next day I saw this, this five tran announcement. I said, I said, Stefan, did you, did you, was he in on that, that zoom call? <laughs> you know, I, I was incredible. Yeah. It was like verbatim for what he was talking about in terms of data and, and what, how companies can do it with, and he, he put a list of about 30, 20, 30 different companies and Tableau was one. Google was one. I think you mentioned Microsoft power BI, you know, and that it's just out there, but if you're not looking for it, yeah. you know, your Google search isn't going to tell you that your Google search is going to, it's going to come yeah. up with something else. For sure. Jason, thanks so much for taking the time today and, and telling us the origin of origin. I love that one. I, I just love for that. Sure. The origin cool. of origin. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I My really pleasure. And, uh, and stay safe this weekend, man. Yeah. All right,